Welcome to The Imperfect Clinician. It's time to wrap up season one of The Imperfect Clinician. I'm Mike. And I'm Ewan. If you haven't had a chance to catch up on our episodes, or if you feel uh, revisiting any of the subjects that we were talking about, do it now. Cue the music. The end of our season one. The imperfect clinician reached the imperfect end of the imperfect season. But we're not alone. We have you, our listener. Thank you for joining us on our imperfect journey. We hope you were able to relate, reflect, and rise. Okay, so let's compare before listening to us and after what has changed. How is your awareness about yourself and how you react to situations? How did we make you feel? What do you want to feel? Can we answer your burning questions or or questions that you never thought you could ask? Or maybe you have suggestions and expectations for us. Maybe you are expecting more questions. Just want to say a special thanks to those who have been emailing and sending us DMs about your questions, thoughts and feedback. Please keep them coming. Oh my goodness, we we want to talk further about how to use the journey in our clinical practice and interactions with others, maybe co-workers, colleagues, patients, or loved ones. Together, we can create revolutions in our own lives, and that should be a step in changing the world around us. I agree. I think we need to remember whatever you practice and how you perceive yourself is going to radiate to those around you, like children or colleagues. Brené Brown says, you cannot, cannot expect from your teams more than you yourself can deliver. Actually, if you do not love yourself, it is going to be hard to love others. If you do not practice self-compassion, you cannot expect your children to do it themselves. If you don't practice vulnerability and courage, you can't expect the team to do the same and there will be no creativity and innovation. There will be barriers and casualties along the way. But hey, revolution without blood isn't a revolution. Metaphorically, of course. Now, how did the making of the podcast make you feel so far, Ewan? I am grateful to be part of your weekly listen. And you having the courage to reach out to us. And slowly unravel your present self. So we can be courageous and be uncomfortable in our growth. What about you? Well, I'm personally so grateful that in your busy schedule, you chose to spend time with us. I mean, seriously, every minute you spend with us makes me feel really humbled. And I I want to say that I understand better the reasons for doing it. As it is a passion uh, project, we feel really energized to come back in the new season. I think that um, what we heard from you and what we've been talking about between ourselves, I think there are still a lot of things that we can talk about. To wrap up this season, I mean, we can, to go back, we can uh, always discuss shame. Um, We soon discover that when we're looking at shame, it's a talk about power. If you group of people or an institution say that you are not worthy, 
therefore inducing shame, it exerts power over you. These are the things that we learned over this last season. If you shame yourself, you create imaginary person that using your internal voice uses shame language on yourself and that imaginary person gains power over you. That I believe that it, it just belittles you and prevents you from growing, prevents from change. When you demonstrate it to others, you are showing as leaders that is acceptable rather than being accountable for your words and actions. I think it stops teams from trust. It prevents sense of belonging. That is where shame becomes a powerful entity, preventing us from finding ourselves capable of getting more self-aware in, in a positive way. Becoming mindful of shame used by us and others is the first step in reducing its influence. If you empower yourself, that will empower others. You have to be the beacon I, I truly believe that. I mean, rebel and yell, find space for reflection, and practice it daily. I think when you summarize it that way, it, it helps to give me some clarity how even how you speak to yourself in your head internally, that seeps through every part of your life. It seeps through your work. It seeps through your social life. It seeps through your family life. And when we start any conscious work on us as individuals, that feeling will then transform our interaction within our teams, our colleagues, patients, and families. So when we invest in ourselves and give ourselves time we have something in return and i think it's really really important that we we not just empower ourselves but empower other people around us so that we can build a space around us that is free of shame free of social phobias like sexism or racism and focus on self-compassion understanding embracing differences because you might disagree to what I'm saying, but I don't want to argue. I want to, first of all, be curious and understand where you're coming from. And by doing that, I am embracing diversity and celebrating inclusion. What do you think? Well, I think you're absolutely spot on with the fact that when we become more aware of how the teams, the successful teams are formed, we need to embrace you know, inclusivity and making sure that there is a diverse pool of characters, diverse pool of people who can contribute to it. Because everybody's got something to give. I'm, I'm a true believer in it. And no matter what is your recruitment process, you always have to make sure that, you always have to be aware that even sometimes people that are not necessarily picked with a, pre-assumption that they're going to be great can always contribute you just have to sometimes open up the chance for them i i think you think you have to give them the opportunity to express themselves to find a voice ultimately you know i'm i'm coming from a, a different country working in a, a new new country and somebody gave me the chance and i want to open up to others it, it's, it's nothing different uh, when you, for example, bringing up new people to the profession, you want to embrace their 
well, academic knowledge and you want to give them a little bit of background of your experience to make sure that they can become better than you because that's how you know progress. You are going to be worse than people that come after you, ultimately, in the end, because that's, we're going forward, I want to say. Uh, And I, I think that through giving people a wider voice, through allowing people to contribute from different backgrounds, from different experiences, from different ideas and, you know, thought processes, I think that this can really make successful teams and make people happier, more fulfilled and just better. I agree. So for us to be able to help other people, we need to first of all have the awareness to help ourselves. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, if we don't work on ourselves, we are wasting opportunity on trying to impact others. So that really reminds me of this quote that this is actually on my wall. Um, It's a quote from Dame Minu Shafiq, director of London School of Economics. She said, in the past, leaders are about muscle. Now they're about the brain. And in the future, it's about the heart. So what does it mean to you when you hear this quote, Mike? Well, when uh, we discussed it earlier, so when I had a chance to think about it, I thought that, well, actually, if you look at it, in the past, um, people were governed, run, ruled by the strong, you know, by the muscles. So people who were telling everybody else, yeah, warriors, you know, but even if you look into more modern history, they were all strong characters that thought that holding people by the throat would be a good idea. And this was the age of Musa. This was the age of individuals that were um, presumably in that era strong, that were ready to lead and guide in a way. And I think there is a little bit, bit of merit in thinking that those people knew better than everybody else because they were stronger. They could flex their muscle. That was, I I believe that there is a lot of things to unpack their baggage. Okay, to look in look into how they developed into being such a successful muscle leaders in a way. And then when you look at the uh, age of brains, this is I think where we are now. We are now covered, flooded, and absolutely drowned in data. We have got all sorts of different uh, metrics. We are going through uh, very detailed target setting and uh, the the things we know about the world around us, about the organizations we, we work in, all the you know percentages and stats, graphs, and spreadsheets. This is just ultimately the where the brain is. So we analyze the data and we focus on where we can find those minimal gains. And I think the new time is coming, ultimately, because we can only analyze so much. We can only uh, make difference to to the targets to to certain level. I think the change is coming, and I truly believe the new generation of people, they are going to vote with their feelings, that there's going to be a potential for the age of heart. This is where I think that those analog skills that we discussed in the first episode, 
that's going to become to prominence. And I'm, uh, I'm absolutely certain that organizations will have to take this into organization, whether they are commercial organization or the governments, the feelings will be shared and they will be shared much quicker and easier with the availability of um, the platforms for people to communicate that way. I think that the big organizations already starting to adapt to that model. They start to work on uh, how they are perceived, but they also starting to understand that the brand that they're making, what they stand for, cannot be faked that much anymore. I think it's a very good thing. I think caring for the customers, caring for your patients, caring for your staff is going to become more transparent because there is more access to the, there is more tubes, there's no more voices that can expose your, I don't know, practices in the organiz organizations that can um, present fake picture of you. I think there are two, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think people are doing it for different reasons. We're slowly moving towards I'm doing it because I don't want to be, f like you said, found out in different ways. But also, there have been so much evidence to show that if you actually invest in the people, you get great quality sense of belonging, you get better retention, you don't have people leaving, general job satisfaction and we mentioned about the creativity and innovation and there have been studies that shows the companies who have done this work and what difference does it make and so we probably need to think medium and long term in regards to leading with our heart and for us to understand other people's heart and positively influence them I think we have to start our own introspection. And I think for this, this is where we, there is a place and there is a position for uh, where we want to champion those analog skills mentioned in the first episode. I believe that our first season began to, on, only began to break down those components of ourselves that requires, well, skillful nourishing. I think we hope to dig deeper in the future into us and into uh, the relationships with others. I don't know, is, is there a recipe for recognizing our imperfections? Are there any shortcuts? Or I don't know, is it a lifelong process limited to a few people that decide to commit to it? Can you start by, I don't know, praising yourself for doing something for yourself? That might be just the first step, for example, to self-compassion and might trigger further reflection. What, what do you think? I think you can do both, the shortcuts and the long marathon, like you said, because I feel for myself, it's actually harder to start. And in my journey, I started with being aware and just observing what is actually happening. And then taking the one step forward because I started with one thing that is practicing 
or changing the voices in my head to be a more a voice that would be what I said to you or to my best friend not something that I would just say to myself and I find it really hard once I'm aware to ignore it completely it's almost like you've seen something happen but you don't want to do anything about it for me that was really really tricky and in my journey I I can regress because of any factors whether I'm tired or for whichever reason but I feel that I always want to be a better version like you like we all do because this is how we are conditioned as people and especially as clinicians because we're always learning always accepting where we are in terms of our clinical knowledge and wanting to be better and so this is already a skill that we have as clinicians or whether you're training to be one it's just moving the lens from a clinical perspective to a personal perspective and see how that is having a a ripple effect to everyone around us on that note i also want to say that i don't feel like i through this podcast and through the route that we decided to follow i don't class myself as a i don't know motivational speaker i don't class myself as a coach like a business coach you know that tells you all right do it yeah go on now mm. we just want to put some questions out in the air and we it's want just to just a generalization of business coach yeah well don't quote me on you know <laughs> defining all the business coaches we we want to uh, we fully absolutely embrace if they are you know helping people that's absolutely fine mm, but i want to make sure that we just put the questions out there and provoke people to be in charge of their change we don't want to change people we don't want this is not our ambition we just want to put some questions out there to see if people can relate to them and maybe start looking into themselves to see if uh, they can change something to make them happier better more fulfilled i agree I, i don't think we can change anyone um you probably have tried with people around you i can't change you or anyone else and for my own change it has to start with me i need to want to change i need to put things in place for me to be able to embrace those change and i hope our role here is to create a space where everyone can be brave and discuss and reflect and come to the community whether it's a one to one whether you want to speak to us on a one to one that's why we get so much dms or whether you want to discuss in in the group in our facebook groups or any groups that we have feel free to do that understand that the people in the discussion are also going through changes themselves and you are encourage to share your thoughts even though they might be very very scary and makes you feel very vulnerable
there's a good chance we've been in a similar position too. And we will be, and we are you know, on a daily basis. That that just happens. It's a matter of life. Okay, so no, shall we talk about the future? Not the future of the world or anything, just the future <laughs> of, of the podcast. Of yeah. Okay, so we, we're hoping that um, maybe in the future seasons, we want to continue learning about ourselves and our audience. We want to discuss our own and other ex others' experiences. Of course, as you are aware, we cannot provide answers, but we can promise honest discussion and ideas that you might find helpful in your journey. We're still regular clinicians who gain experience and develop our skills every day. And we haven't got answers for everything, but we are keen to learn. Join discussion on our website. There, there might be polls, there might be questions posed. You can, you can call us, leave voicemails, comment on socials, send private messages, use any channel you want, but do get involved in the discussion. We want to see if what we're talking about resonates. We already know, but I think what we've realized now is because we're talking about quite personal matters, quite very private and very candid, a lot of people decide to decides to reach out to us on a personal level. And I understand that sharing things to the wider public requires a lot of courage and a lot of strength. And we strongly support it, absolutely. But feel free, even if you want to drop us a message in any way, shape or form, we want to take it on board, try to understand it and see if we can impact our thinking by what you're telling us so the last thing we're going to say is thank you thank you thank you from the bottom of our hearts for deciding to spend your time listening to us it means the world to us and we are very grateful and we feel very privileged that we can be in a position to encourage them to your daily routine and spend some time with us and we have a little surprise for you. Straight from our little girl's head, a little story she recorded just for you. Thank you. One summer's Wednesday, Alien and Monster were looking for their friend Dragon. Then they spotted a shiny small key. Then they went off to see what the key was for. First they went to a spooky old castle, but the key was too small. Then they went to a bright beach hut, but the key did not fit. Finally, they went to a magical castle and the key fit. Look, it is Dragon! It's been Ewan and Mike, and you have been listening to the Imperfect Clinician podcast. You can follow The Imperfect Clinician on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. You will find all the information about our episodes on our website, theimperfectclinician.com, where you can join the discussion by leaving us a voicemail or comment. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to it. Recommend the podcast to one person that will benefit from it. Join us next week for another conversation. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.